Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. We'd really, really appreciate it. And hey, if you like the show, just tell one person. That's all you got to do. Smash and share here on the show. Smash and share. Easy for me to say. Our guest today. Is it easy for you to say? Yeah, exactly. I cannot wait. Easily one of the best guests we've had on the show. One of the most fascinating people. I've known this man for almost 20 years and has a fascinating career and, and the things that he's interested in. Just awesome stuff. Ron Slay of the Boom Boom Room and the Slay Ride, former All-American at University of Tennessee, but has been obsessed with media for most of his life. And he will explain a lot of that. So many different experiences. Can't wait to talk with Ron Slay. So stick around. We'll get to that in just a second. We'll have recommendations, of course. So all kinds of good stuff. But before we do, of course, reminder, Lamestream brought to you by Jaspers. It is brought to you by Jaspers, if you cannot understand what Steve is saying. Jaspers, great grab-and-go market, great parking, great place to watch the game. You can go with your wife on a dinner, on a fancy date. You can go with your buddies, like, I don't know, the co-host of the show, and watch some basketball at the bar. You can take your kids to the patio. They got the grab-and-go market. It's pretty awesome. Uh, We are giving away a Mother's Day gift basket on our Fringe Element podcast, so make sure you check out that, which you should listen to anyway. Pat Dooley, the great Pat Dooley, was our guest this week on the show with Aaron Dugan and but but it's like a it's like a two hundred dollar uh, yes uh, gift basket for mom and it's really easy check out Fringe Element all you have to do is send us some photos of your mom being a crazy sports fan and we will ship your mom or your wife I guess an unbelievable Mother's Day gift with all kinds of really great stuff courtesy of Jasper's. Go listen to Fringe Element. We'll explain all the more details of the contest there, but it's really, really easy. So go check that out. Gold Standard with Adam Vingan, of course, covering the Nashville Predators as they took a big poop on themselves on Wednesday night. And, of course, Club and Country about Nashville SC. Best offensive showing in the history of the club uh, on in their first match of the year. So West Bowling, Tim Sullivan, make sure you check all of that out. And go to Jaspers. I think that's all the housekeeping we need to do. That's all we need to do because we don't need to gild the lily on this. Ron Slay is fantastic he is amazing so without any converse literally no conversation from us about the interview just enjoy it we covered everything from istanbul turkey to playing high school basketball in nashville the great ron slay everybody ron good to have you man on the show we really appreciate it how are you my friend man i'm good Brayden. man glad to be here with you Glad to share some stories, man. I wish people could have got to listen to the stories we were sharing and our connection dating back. You know what I mean? We'll, maybe we'll catch them up one day. Yeah, l- later on in the show, we'll we'll talk about uh, being in college together. We'll, we'll do that later on <laughs> no doubt. Uh, in, in the show. But, you know, part of the reason we wanted to have you on is you have a really unique perspective as a, as a former player uh, at the University of Tennessee. You're certainly from Nashville, but mm-hmm. you're sort of starting to venture into the media world. you got a lot of stuff going on with the YouTube channel. You're on the radio all the time, 104.5 The Zone. Just... Give us sort of the beginning of that process mentally when you said, you know what, I, I kind of like this. I, I kind of like telling stories. I kind of like being a part of this this, this whole media thing. H- how did you land on that, as it were? Man, it actually, um, when I was coming back to get my degree um, uh, at the University of Tennessee during my playing days, I would come back in the summer and take some summer courses. And once I got closer to getting that degree, you know, they put it out, you know, Ron Slade came, come back to 
get his degree this this uh this year and is getting ready to graduate so i had to do a couple of interviews i went on like a little press run that um i didn't even know i was on <laughs> but looked up and i was doing six or seven interviews so um heather harrington in knoxville got me on the station and she's a good friend of mine got me on the station and we we did a segment for about 30 minutes and it went good and she said she got a lot of feedback and people start calling back and wanting me to get on so we started the sleigh ride right there and it kind of took on legs of its own um and it's, it's been fun you know anytime you can get on and talk about some sports that you've been involved with and give a different perspective and kind of pull the curtain back in a sense you know it's um it's pretty cool. And I think a lot of fans want to see that. I think other players that may walk in your shoes want to see that, you know, and hopefully I can share a perspective um, of what that's like and, you know, try to, you know, try to get them to navigate pitfalls if it may be and something about the good times also. So it, it all came across, man, because of Heather Harrington. So that, that, that right there, that, that slung it out. Then I started the show um, on an AM station, a very, very small station in Franklin, 950 AM. WAKM. So I got to give them props. You know, they gave me a platform for an hour to talk and a drive time hour from five to six. And it was fun. You know, I, I did it with a co-host at first. Um, and then the next thing I know, I was in there by myself and anybody's done a station as, as radio will do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just vanished all of a sudden. And anybody that's done a radio show, Doing it by yourself, especially on a small station where it's no commercial breaks for real, like only stuff that you can say, hey, man, we'll give you, uh, we'll be right back. We got to pay some bills. And that bill is maybe just a phone bill. So you just need one sponsor. <laughs> so that commercial doesn't go long and you're right back in. So I was finding myself talking for 55 minutes, man, you know, trying to find breaks. But it, it, once I got the hang of it, it was cool. So. I liked it, man. I like I like sharing my stories. I like talking. I got a lot of stories from playing 14 years overseas, from playing at UT, growing up in Nashville, single parent home, a lot of brothers and sisters. So it's everlasting, man. I'm going to talk a little bit about your overseas career because it's not like you did like a year in Spain or you did <laughs> right. or you did like a year in Germany, like like some place like. You were in Turkey, you were in Bulgaria, you're in, you're, I mean, you were all over the place in Europe. What was it like doing press over there? Because you, because you come in as the American, as the American, a lot of those, a lot of those leagues have, have limits on foreigners or limits on non-Europeans. What was it like coming in there as the American and, and kind of that, that, that language gap? Oh, um. In, in in a lot, I mean, you were in a lot of different places. Yeah, um, it's the thing that helps. Basketball is universal. The language, basketball language. You know, you kind of stick to that format. Um, the reporters and journalists that know a little bit of English make the make the the interviews a little more fun. You know, it's a little bit better because you know what they're talking about. You know, your words can't get misconstrued or anything, but. I think the 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 most difficult part is you saying something and them not being able to catch it all the way. So you find yourself going back to first grade or kindergarten and talking. I like the apples that they serve. Like you know what I'm saying. You got to break it all the way down because if you don't, they're gonna take it. They take two words like coach. Don't like. Uh, they'll take that and run with it. That'll be the headline. Like that's not what I was saying. I was saying the coach don't like when I do something silly. You know, like, and they won't put it together. So that that's the most difficult thing, man. But the the journalists, I think, 
dealing with guys over the years, they start to get relationships with them. And usually the team, it's up to the team not to put you in front of guys that don't understand. You know what I'm saying? So you will get teams like the two countries you mentioned, Bulgaria was horrible. <laughs> Turkey was horrible as far as media goes. Like these dudes, man, they'll get up and ask you questions in their language, like like you're supposed to understand. So I'll just be sitting there like this the whole time, like, dude, I told you I don't no capito. I don't I don't understand. Like they'll keep asking you, then they bring the translator in. So it's it's different levels to it. You know, um, my best time was in Italy, you know, and I, uh, it was more of a family atmosphere, like it was kind of like the United States, you had your group of reporters that were designated to that team and to that city. So they knew the landscape and they knew the inner workings of the, uh, the, the, the team that you were playing for. So they would see you out at restaurants and things like that. It's not the, you got the national media too, but it's mostly the guys that they have to work through, where have to work through at that city, in that city. And then they kind of put it out and then they take it. The national media does and run with it. So you get, you form relationships, you know, it's still some, bad apples out there every now and then but you kind of stay away from those and you know gotta as a professional you gotta learn to duck your head a lot because you'll be in these clubs and stuff and it'd be reporters and i've seen a video on youtube like dude how did they how'd they get a video of me and i'm coming through the club with some sunglasses on fried like yeah let's go and i'm like dude that's a reporter that put that up so you gotta be aware of that but most of the time man i, I formed some good relationships so they made it easy you know and they um they taught me a lot is there a major difference with how the the media and the fans viewed basketball versus you know, you, you obviously were a big star in a local market before you got to college. Knoxville, sort of a smaller market as well. And, and you, you certainly had, a, a like you said, a big personality, kind of people know who you were and all that stuff. How different is Europe as, as it pertains to treating athletes? What did you learn in that process? Um, it's soccer, then basketball. Then it may be soccer twice and then basketball. <laughs> because like, like, that, like have football and... Major League Baseball, the headlines are ran by that. You know, you know, basketball has come to overtake it a little bit, but football still runs the market. So um, you look at it, and that's exactly how it is in Europe. You know, you're, you're second tier. But at the same time, um, the top-notch teams, probably the top five or six teams in those countries, they get the press, you know, outside of the, the soccer teams. And, you know, um, a team that's making headway, um, that's at the bottom, that kind of gets them – some momentum going and getting ready to go into the playoffs it picks up a little bit but outside of that man it's it's, it's about soccer you know it is they run it you know um you get you get towards the the end of the season towards the playoffs it starts to pick up for basketball but outside of that you get um soccer on the, it's in italy that's what i refer to it's the pink paper we call it the pink paper that's the national paper in the country um and soccer if it's eight pages soccer gets six you get the last two on the back. So, you know what I mean? That's a good thing and a bad thing. But at the same time, man, it's, it's outside of the journalist, journalistic world and the media, the soccer players kind of, they, they, they go hand in hand with you. You know, they, they don't, they, they could have the, the big head and things like that, but they're welcoming. You know, I've been, been around a lot of guys, Balotelli and guys like that. And they're very welcoming. And they know who you are. You know what I'm saying? You'll be surprised because it's kind of like football and hip hop and stuff and basketball and hip hop and stuff. How each Everybody knows each other. Same thing over there. So it's more lovable for the players 
journalists, they'll pass you right up and go to the soccer guys. <laughs> what was Balotelli like? I mean, that's a super bad man. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. I mean, super cool. And the, the funniest thing, man, I'm walking in the, um, <laughs> the soccer players had a party in Milan and um, we're getting ready to go. And I mean, dude, they got every car lined up that, that hasn't even, I don't even know if the prototype has been out, but they got it lined up outside the club. I'm like, man, dude, who is this? But like the soccer players have the party. <laughs> I'm like, man, well, come on, man, let's go. It was like, nah, dude, that's that's their party. I said, man, come on, man. I'm telling you, let's just try and see if we can get in. So we're getting ready to try to get in. And it was like, um, nah, this is soccer players. And mind you, when I go out, I got jeans on, you know what I mean? Um, probably a, a thermal and some Timberland boots or something like that. They coming <laughs> in that thing fresh, you know what I mean? Suited and booted. I'm like, man, by this time I'm fried too. So I'm like, man, let's just go try to get in. We try to get in the dude, the bouncer's like, no, no, we can't let you in, man. Sorry, this, that, no, other soccer players only, this, that. So Balotelli comes walking up. And, and you should tell people who aren't familiar, Balotelli's a, Balotelli's a big dude and oh. mohawked. Yeah. Blonde mohawk, blue mohawk, he <laughs> wears all. Big dude, man, and, and a big, big name over there. You know what I mean? So it would be equivalent to, um, especially in Italy, it would be equivalent to Tom Brady walking in a party and, you know what I mean, him knowing who you are. Yeah. So we're getting ready to turn around and walk off. And he was like, Slay, put his hand on my chest. What you doing, man? In 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 English. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up, man? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> we're trying to get in the party. They said they won't let us in. He said, man, come on, man. Turned us around, me, uh, Lynn Greer, Travis Watson. Turned us around and was like, come on, man, let's go in. So we went, we went back to the door. And the bouncer uh, saw him and then saw us. He was like, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know. Move the thing. I was like, yeah, man. Let us on in the party. You see Bala. <laughs> see Bala. I gave him a nickname. You see Bala Hill, man. Come on, let us on in, dog. You know, so it was pretty cool, man. It, it, it was pretty cool. But they party different. And their money is different, especially that type of guy. So it was fun, man. It was real fun. So, so you've had a lot of really ex extraordinary experiences, right? From the yeah. prep level through the college level and obviously into a European level, all very different experiences. Definitely. What, what would you, if you were going through the recruiting process today, if you were a 16-year-old you know, prep kid and you're getting recruited today, but you have all the knowledge and the experiences that you've got already, what, what would you tell that person? Like, what would you tell yourself? And, and how, is that pro how has that recruiting process changed from – the, the media standpoint, the coverage and the, the conversations, like how has that all evolved over time? Man, I would tell them, I would tell my 16 year old self, man, block out all the noise and it would be way more difficult now than it was then. But as much as possible, block out the noise, man, and make your decision based on the relationships that you formed, um, especially with the media. Like I had some great relationships with guys like Chris Lowe, um guys like Jim Wyatt, you know, that were that were um that were covering me, like Joe Bildo, rest in peace, like guys like that. That those were the guys that you're like, man, okay, they don't really treat you bad, you know, and you got to think about that. When you get to the next ranks, you get to college, these are gonna be the same guys writing about you because they're moving up in the ranks as as you are, you know. So I would say think about that, man. And also when picking a school, think about your life after basketball. And how important that is, you know, um, because I think a lot of kids today are caught up on it's the NBA and it's professional or it's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like 
you're not, everybody's not going to make it. This is a needle in the haystack. You know what I'm saying? But with social media being caught up in that and having all the friends and all these people creating blogs and you really think it means something that doesn't mean anything. Like it's great that they have it going on, but this doesn't mean anything for your outcome. Like you getting right about Joe Blow's sports blog. He has you ranked at number two in the nation. Nobody's even looking at that. But you put it on there, you get to retweet and you start blowing your head up thinking that, oh, this is what it's about. You know, you start to think you're bigger than you are. So block that out, remain humble and listen to the people that are in your circle. That's that's the biggest thing. And it's always a guy out there that'll be honest with you. It's hard to cipher through. But Jim Wyatt was a guy that always kept it real with me. Chris Lowe was a guy that kept it real with me. And they would tell me little things like, hey, Slay, you are now. Was I listening? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, they would they would always pull me to the side after an interview and be like, hey, man, you should try to do this. You know, kind of watch this. They're watching that. So those are the guys, man, I think that are important. You know, you can find um, you can be a sponge to everything that you come across. And I think those guys media play a big part in that. So you got to watch your relationships with them and you got to watch who's out to get something for them and not necessarily looking for the benefit of you. So that's what I would say. When you were looking at Europe, uh, you end, you end up with this with this really long career in Europe. What did you know before you went over there, and what were you prepared for uh, when when you, when you got there in terms of the culture, mm-hmm. the style of play, uh, the you know how how it is to be at the American on a team as opposed to just being on a team? Steve, you asked me what I knew. Not a thing. <laughs> How did I even get over there? I have no earthly idea. The only, the only reason I went to Europe is because my feelings were hurt because I didn't get drafted. And I was like, here we go talking about the media and stuff. I was like, man, what are they going to think? What are they going to write? You know, what is what are the people going to think? Like, And all of a sudden, I was like, man, get me out of here. It's far away from the country or anybody that I can be. You know, and it was Istanbul, Turkey. <laughs> they popped up on the radar. So that's how I that's how I honestly got over there. And it was the best thing for me. Um, it was a, a culture shock right away. It's nothing to prepare, especially at that time. It was nothing to prepare you. Um, coming from University of Tennessee, being an All-American player of the year, being heralded and get over there and get off the plane. And you see people at that, at that time, I was a little ignorant to it. I was like, man, wow, these ninjas walking around the airport in Istanbul, Turkey, but that's their religion and stuff. You know, the Muslims to be covered, the women and stuff. So I'm looking at that like, this ain't it. You know what I'm saying? This ain't it. So (laughs) they took me to the gym first and that was like a safe haven for me. Um, Then you get in that apartment and you're sitting there by by yourself in that apartment and you can't pick up the phone. Now you can, uh, you get FaceTime and stuff, but I couldn't pick up the phone and call anybody or figure it out. I walked downstairs, go to the grocery store, looked around and for about two minutes and walked right out. I couldn't understand labels. I was like, this ain't it. This ain't it. But at that time, I couldn't call my agent or anything and be like, man, get me on the first thing out of here because I ain't got no connections. I ain't got no phone or anything. So you had to suffer through it, man. And it was it was a learning experience. And if I didn't have any social skills or kind of be a social butterfly and, and like people, I wouldn't have made it. Like overseas, it's not for everybody. Like it, it's a little easier now because of the technology, but it's not for everybody, man. Like you have to go over there. You have to engulf yourself in order to make it and have longevity. You got to engulf yourself in that culture. You can go over there if you want to and be the American and be the, I'm here 
I'm the big bad guy, this, that, and the other, and bring that over there, and quickly, you'll be ousted. They'll get you out of there. You know what I mean? They'll make your life a living hell, actually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't, if you don't buy into what they have, you know, in Italy, it was going to dinners and you know, you know, figuring out what makes them tick. You know, it's not about being on your phone at dinner. It's not about it's not about trying to get back home and play the video game. It's about talking and, and having communication and conversations, you know, four hour, four hour dinners. Uh, probably 45 minutes of that is eating. The rest is all talking and <laughs> drinking wine. You know what I'm saying? So, but you find out a lot about people and you got to be open-minded and kind of shut things off from the States. And then you'll be able to make it over there. But outside of that, it should be a class. And that might be, we might all three get together and make a class about <laughs> this man. Cause dude, I'm telling you, it is masterclass with Ron Slay. <laughs> how to survive. <laughs> not, not how to survive in South Central, how to survive in Europe, period. Like it's it's different, man. But um fun times, man. Fun times, but nothing, I promise you, nothing, nothing can prepare you for it. When you jump off that plane, it's a culture shock. The smell's different, the conversation's different. You hear all kind of different um different dialects it's, it's it's different man it's different you got to be open-minded going over there so people do your research we go. <laughs> well and it's funny like on a much different scale in a different way like even in our own country we're still dealing with some of mm-hmm. that like trying to get to know each other more and god i can't wait to sit down for 40 for, for four hours to talk to people again <laughs> right i can't freaking wait for that but we, we need to do more of that and and certainly you have a lot of different perspectives right you your, your, again, your prep career, your college career, and your pro career were all informed by very different experiences mm-hmm. and, and different you know, uh, uh, relationships to the environment around you. And so you talked about getting into the media because of your background and you want to tell stories and you kind of, you, you're a social butterfly and all this stuff. How, how has each of those chapters of your life, your, your prep life, your home life growing up, your college life and your European life, how have all three of those shaped sort of how you now want to deliver content to people in a way that, you know, like, like what's the goal and, and how do those three different chapters change that goal? Um, one, I think being able to see it um, in your community um, as a youth growing up, you saw Demetrius Caledemus and, and people like this on the news and they were looked at as, man, that's, that's what it is. The news. Oh man. The storytellers, like, that's it. They bring it to you in a short segment. So you looked at them as almost like basketball stars and everything. They're on TV. There's popularity. So I was a guy that wanted to be popular and that was the way to do it. So TV was first, just a thought in my mind before I knew I could play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Then um, after that, getting the University of Tennessee, the way Bob Kessling and Josh Wood can captivate an audience on the radio that was astounding to me. Like I would have people when I called back home and be like, um, Hey, you guys, you guys watch it. You, y'all got, you guys watch the game. What, what was they saying about me? It was like, no, we was listening to it on the radio. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would you listen to it? was like, man, I'm telling you, it's a whole different perspective when you listen to it on the radio, listening to Bob Kessler, or listening to football games with Josh Ward. I mean, John Ward. I'm like, darn. Okay. And I started to listen to it every now and then I would go back and listen to playbacks of it. Like, man, why is everybody so captivated by them and their delivery, their storytelling, their punchlines, everything, the timing of it? That was intriguing to me. And then um, I remember we had a class with Bob Kesson 
um, not a CAD class, but like a tutorial about talking to the media. And I was one of the guys that was in there, like really listening, taking mental notes, like this could be something, this could be something. So that was one, that was, that was another thing that shaped me. Um, as far as professional, as far as radio goes, I think it's the voice that, that, that captivated me um, as far as being a professional. It's, it's those voices that you hear that, that really get you. Like you listen to guys like Larry King and you rest in peace. You listen to guys like Howard Stern. Like this is some of the stuff I was overseas listening to. Like, dang, man, they've been in the game for a long time sitting in front of a mic where people can't see them. This was before Howard Stern and them was being YouTubed and video during their show. I'm like, dude, I, I really like listening to them. Like I'm okay with missing a meal and sitting here listening to the rest of Howard Stern and then going to get something when the show goes off. So that right there, I bought into that, man. And that was interesting to me. So as my career kind of dwindled down, all of these pieces started to play together. Me trying to figure out what I was going to do with life after basketball. And this was not an easy transition because you kind of find out as anything goes, I wanted to do coaching. I wanted to do radio also a podcast and you find out it's, it's not as easy because it's people that you're kind of behind the eight ball. Just like if it was a guy all of a sudden wanted to play sports and he tried to walk in my shoes, I'm not going to be as open and like, okay, let me show you the way. Like you got to earn some stripes. You know what I'm saying? And I think athletes sometimes get that confused a little bit. Like, man, I can just step in here and do this. When this guy been a guy that's since 20 years old, that's been his ambitions or 16 years old been his ambition. And he's been working to that. And here you come at 35 years old, think you just going to jump in the game and get the opportunity. It don't work that in some work that way. And sometimes your, your pride gets hurt and you're like, I'll oh, forget it. But the ones that do like myself go to a small station for three years where maybe 20 people hear you every Friday, but you keep on pushing, getting your feet wet and trying to get out there. And then you try to build relationships with guys like you all that have been in the game. And hopefully you come across as genuine. You know what I'm saying? All you can do is give yourself. And then you start to get the feedback. Like, you know what? You might have an opportunity to do this. And then you start picking up pieces of the game and trying to put it together. And here we are today. Lamestream Sports is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers! It's an elevated sports bar. Maybe, possibly, potentially, perhaps, the next evolution of the sports bar. That's what they're all saying. The kids, the people, the masses, they all are in agreement. It's the next evolution of the sports bar. And like any great restaurant, like any great chef, they got some new menu items coming out on the menu. Deb Paquette's working her magic and changing some things up. You know, put a new wrinkle in the offense. You know what the next evolution of the sports bar does? It keeps evolving. That's exactly what it does. I can't argue that. That's exactly what happens. It just continues to evolve. So can't wait to see what those new menu items are at Jasper's. Free parking. Grab-and-go market. So they got some merch in there. They got some Amerigo's olive oil in there. So some The, some... the Amerigo's olive oil, a uh, oh. little bit of... A little bit of cheese, maybe a little pepper, drag your bread through it. It's <laughs> just just fantastic. Yeah. So lots of cool stuff in there. Dolly Parton mugs, all kinds of Dolly's so hot right now. I don't I don't know if she ever went anywhere, but she's very popular right now outside of Nashville. So they got some merch in there. They got all kinds of cool stuff, uh, which, of course, leads us to the Mother's Day gift basket that Jaspers is giving away to 440 Sports listeners, in particular Fringe Element listeners. So go check out the SEC podcast with myself. And Aaron Dugan, all you got to do is tweet us 
or just get us a picture of your mom, you know, all different social media platforms. So just tweet us a picture of your mom or send us a picture of your mom in like her most awesome sports moment in sports gear, cheering on her favorite sports team. And we'll pick a winner and we will the ship your mother or your, your wife, like a really awesome gift basket of really cool stuff from Jasper's. It could be anything. It could be Titans gear. It could be college gear. It could be high school gear. It, yeah. it just has to be your mom as a fan. That's it. Points for creativity, points for like level of fan insanity, and points for hilarity. Those 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 things are like again the crazier and more rabid your mom looks. Like if she looks like she needs a rabies shot, you're probably gonna win. <laughs> and you've already got the picture on your phone. Yeah, just just tweet it to 440 Sports. That's all you yeah. have to do. And it's not even. And if you're not on Twitter, Facebook works too. At 440 Sports, at 440 Media on Instagram. Just just get it in front of our faces. Okay. Just get the picture in front of our faces somehow. And Jaspers will send your mom or your wife a great gift. Like you literally have to do nothing but send us a photo of your mom. That's all you have to do. It's great. And Jaspers grab a go market is awesome. It, it, there's so much good stuff in there. So make sure you check it out. Gold standard cocktail. Great happy hour. New menu items coming. Um, you know, again, the, wait, next wait, evolution, wait. the next evolution of the sports bar continues to evolve. You're forgetting the free parking. All of the free parking at Jaspers. Not one spot. Will they charge you for? Not one. Someone Everything. tried once. No. <laughs> they walked out there. They said, no, this lot is free. There was just a there was just a guy standing in the spot saying, nope, not this one. This one's five dollars. <laughs> Jasper said, not on our watch. <laughs> this will not stand. Listen, paying for to park your car in this country is a is a crisis. Okay, it's an epidemic. It's like having bad food at, when you're going to watch a game at a sports bar. Which Jasper's is also attacking that epi epidemic as well. They're just solving epidemics left and right, is what Jasper's left doing. and right. We should have put him in charge of this thing a year ago. I don't know. Are they can Jasper's run for office? Can Deb Paquette's dog, her Jack Russell Terrier, Jasper, can it run for office? We'd be better than some of the candidates we've had running for office. Uh, by the way, there are some amazing alcohol dog toys at Jasper's Grab and Go Market. Really? I miss yeah. those. Yeah, you don't get the dog. It doesn't get the dog drunk, so don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. They're just they're alcohol related dog toys. It's it's actually hilarious. It's amazing. Again, go check out the Grab and Go Market at Jasper's. They got a little bit of everything for everybody. Awesome. Jasper's. Tell people what the uh, what, what the boom boom room is and and how you ended up uh, ended up on YouTube. The boom boom room, the boom boom room stems from a movie Life, which was my favorite movie in college. Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence did. It's about guys that, that ended up getting wrongly accused, going to jail, and it turned it into a comedy. It's it's great. So I used to watch this every single night during the seasons of basketball or football, any kind of sports. You try to, it's, it's ups and downs. So you get to a point in the season where you try to recalibrate everybody and bring the fun back into it. My way of bringing the fun back into it was saying anybody that comes in the paint, this is the boom, boom room. It started in practice. And I was like, hey man, <laughs> you didn't pay your fee to get in the boom, boom room. So I'm just going to dominate you and you can't get out. That's where the lock the dough came from. So it's all, it all comes together, man. And um, so I was thinking, um, I took that and ran with it. It was it was kind of fun. That kept us going through the season. We would say it in games and everything. Hey, he ain't pay his fan the boom boom room. He ain't pay his fail. Like this is to opposing teams. They're looking around like these dudes crazy. So <laughs> that's where the boom boom room came from. But 
Um, so when I started doing um, the podcast, I was trying to think of a name. You know, the Slay Riders, that's cool. I think that's a pretty cool name, but you got to have something for the show. And that was the Boom Boom Room. And I think it's you, you lock a person in um, for however long and you don't let them out and you get to the nitty gritty of it when you're doing interviews with people. And hopefully they forget they're doing an interview. You know, and if you pay your fare, you can get out the Boom Boom Room. If you can't, it's going to be torture <laughs> in the Boom Boom Room because I'm going to ask the questions. So it kind of took legs of its own, man. And, and that's where the Boom Boom Room is now. And hopefully it keeps going. Who's been the uh, who's been your best guest on the in the Boom Boom Room? <sighs> Who got who got out? Who got out? And paid their paid the fee. Name Man. names. Name oh, names. Ron. John Henderson. John yeah. Henderson yeah. paid this fair. He it was a John doesn't do a lot of interviews. Um, and I he, he got to a point where he shared some things in the interview. You guys can go to Ron Slay on YouTube. His shameless plug. Check it out. The Boom Boom Room and watch that interview. It's about two hours long because he really went into depth about some things. And what the the deeper the, the longer the interview got, the deeper he got you know, more comfortable he got. And he forgot we were doing the interview. So he had a situation where he was talking about um, killing himself, you know, and actually putting a gun to his head and pulling it. And it, and it, and it, and, um, it didn't go off, you know? Um, so two different sep- two different occasions of thinking about suicide. This is after a guy being an all pro, one of the highest paid D linemen, you know, talking about a prestigious career from high school, college, pros, all I mean that and- that prep career gets lost because <laughs> yes. it, it's a yeah. while ago. But I mean, he was he was as big a he was as big in basketball as he was exactly. in football. Exactly. I mean, I, was he, they calling him Baby Shaq, and mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. just he was just a monster on yeah. the court. Yeah, and he he dove into that a little bit, and it was good to hear his perspective. You know, what I mean, growing up, and we see it as the outside, like man, he getting everything. And it's, it's different to see him going back, thinking about it, those struggles he went through, um, maybe letting people down, trying to live up to expectations, things that we wouldn't even think about, you know. But that was that was interesting. Shamika Holtzclaw, she dove into um, her depression a little bit, um, losing her grandmother, what that really meant to her, her, um, her growing up, you know, um, playing against boys from a young age, you know, um, so that that was that was different. We didn't get in. We, we got a second segment coming with her, but y'all just stay tuned for that. Um, it's, it's it's it was a lot, man. So it was a Ramon was interesting guest. You know, um, him him sharing growing up in the trailer park, coming home with the whale water, <laughs> not not having lights. It was it's a lot, man. And that's 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 the whole point of it to try to dive behind the scenes and see how these people grew up and what makes them tick and where they fell in love with the sport and what it's done for them to carry them out of those out of those depths. So. Yeah, man, there's a lot of a lot of people that paved their fare and was able to get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, there's a lot of them. I'm still looking for Antoine Walker. So Antoine Walker promised me he's scared to pay his fare. He promised me he was gonna <laughs> do an interview. He promised he was gonna do an interview and he got busy. He stood me up for a golf course and him going out playing golf. So I'm still gonna get Antoine Walker. I got a one with Ron Mercer that's I haven't released yet. That's pretty interesting. Ron does he's another guy that doesn't do a lot of interviews. So it's interesting to hear these people's take, man. You know, I got my coach, Oak Hill Academy, Coach Smith. I got him on an interview. It's going to release that. It's interesting to see guys that you forget about, like Ron Mercer and um, all the guys he's coached and who's at the top of that list between Stackhouse, um, turning his back on Kevin Garnett, not letting him come to Oak Hill, uh, Ron Mercer, it's Jeff McGinnis, Rod Strickland, the list goes on and on. So a lot of interesting stories, man. 
how would you describe because you, you talk about you're talking a lot about backgrounds and kids and sort of their experiences as they're growing up and then kind of as you said kind of coming out of that mm-hmm. um w- what is it you want people to know about your prep career that maybe people don't know about because again you've been pretty covered over the years like yeah you know you've done this interview and answered these questions a lot of different times is there anything that people don't know that you think that they should or need to know about what your sort of prep career was like um yeah um I, I always throw out man I was I I was coming to uh, coming into my own in football um my my sophomore two fun facts my sophomore year um going and getting ready to go into my junior year I was primed to have a breakout season we just got a new quarterback Danny Perry Maurice Fisher junior had went on to UT um at Pearl Cone and went to UT um, I was ready. We had a quarterback that could really throw. Buck was known as an option quarterback and just a leader of a team. That's why he was playing quarterback. Now we got a quarterback that can throw. I was playing wide receiver. I gained some weight. I really hit the weights. And I broke my wrist um, in preseason um, in a scrimmage against Oakland. And after that, um, I, I didn't go back and play football. I wish I would have. But I was primed to come out of that and do some great things. And I didn't, I wish I would have, I have, I'm a football guy at heart. That's one thing I think a lot of people don't know. Um, two, I was only able to play two and a half years of Metro basketball because a lot of people get it confused. My freshman year, I was moved up from West End Middle School to Pearl Cone. So I didn't get to play the first semester. Um, so with, with all the accolades and things that I, that I was able to do, at Pearl Cone, that was only in two and a half years. So imagine if I could have had three and a half years, <laughs> it would have been different, but then going on Oak Hill was great. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of people forget, man, that me and Terry Reynolds came in the middle of that season um, with Pearl Cone and kind of elevated them a little bit. But a lot of people think I was there from my freshman year on and it wasn't, I was still at West End Middle School. So that's a fun fact. A guy who's a, a guy who's about your age, got a chance in the NFL after, after a, a college career was Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. Got, it strikes me that you, you could have played tight end or something like that. You ever wish you, you, you ever wish you uh, had, had gone back and tried football again after, uh, a- after college? Yes. All the time. Two things that, that stop that though. Um, well, not two things, one thing, but a funny story. I was always thinking, was I really, cause in your head, you're really good in everything you do. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm the next, I wore 88 for Michael Irvin. I was like, I'm that guy. But um, for some reason I wouldn't get in the ball like that. Maybe it was cause we had a five-star and Santonio Beard running a rock and then John Henderson <laughs> lob it up to. Maybe that was the problem. But in my head, I could have had an impact like that. So um, I was I was on the radio 104.5 The Zone and a caller called in and it was one of our former coaches. And he talked about that Oakland game and you don't never get to hear the behind the scenes. And he let me in as a, I'm interviewing him. Well, he's calling in and I became a listener automatically because he was talking about the coaches talking in the locker room about what their plans were for me, you know, and uh, when I got hurt and what I was going to mean to the offense. So that was good to hear. You know, I, I was like, man, am I really good? So to know that it was confirmed that I really was pretty solid, you know, that was like, okay. But if they would have told me that, instead of just making me go through the process, I probably would have came back. Um, at UT, 
I wanted I, I was real tight with the football guys. Um defense, offense, everything. Like those are my brothers just as much as the basketball guys were. Dale Baker, um, who played at Cleveland, won the state championship, his brother Vincent Yarbrough, after his after his eligibility was done in basketball, he tried to go out and play football. He went out and played football and he ran a slant and somebody cracked him real, real hard. And right then I said, you know what? I think I've been removed a little too long from, from this sport to try to go back goddamn play. But I will say, man, sitting around talking to guys like Big Cat, Sean Ellis, Al Wilson, Eric Westmoreland, they all say, man, Slay, we really liked you. So if you would have came out, we probably would have took it a little easier on you. But guys that we didn't really mess with or didn't know like that, we were going to hit them hard. So I, I, took it, I was like, okay, maybe y'all would have took it light on me, but I talk trash. Y'all talk trash. I can't see me cutting on the slant and Raynock Thompson sitting there ready for me and him oh saying, God. you know what? Oh I'm going to pull up. I ain't going to hit him hard. Yeah. Yeah, there's, no. a, yeah. there's a difference between getting caught by a pick and being <laughs> and being caught by a DB who come, who's coming over after totally. you. Totally, man. Totally, dude. It's totally different. And and our like our our sort of career timelines overlap a lot, Ron, because we were in college mm -hmm. together. I played at Franklin High School here in Nashville, and I I was hit by Oakland a few times during <laughs> during some uh, some jamborees and stuff, and and before the season started. It's mm. very different than being hit by Al Wilson, I imagine. <laughs> you better believe it, man. <laughs> this dude, hey, man, I got so many Al Wilson stories, man. But I will say, man, to, to be able to walk into a room with those guys that won 98 National Championship, went on to do great things in 99, 2000, 2001, so forth and so on, um, and be respected by those guys. Like, I remember being at the Alabama game, I think three years ago, and we were up in the suite, um, and we was up at Eden. It was me and... Everybody else football. Um, Al was telling stories. <laughs> and Al stopped in the middle of the story and was like, Slay, look around, man. I'm like, what you talking about, Al? Look around. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, dude, do you know you're the only basketball player that's always at our functions? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Never thought about that. He was like, man, that's because you're an honorary football guy, dude. Like, we mess with you. You know what I mean? That was, you know, to get there from a guy like that, man, still being, yeah. you know, um, who you are. But to get a guy like Al Wilson, who's a legend, to kind of reach out and be like, man, dude, you one of us. You know what I mean? That really makes you feel like, damn, all right, that's all right. I'm cool with that. So let's, there's obviously a, a lot that has gone on in the media with sports overlapping in the last year and a half, mm -hmm. right? Um, or, or three or four years or 100 years. Pick, pick a number. Right. <laughs> um, but you obviously have a unique perspective. How, how do you view your own role? How, you know, I, I was very proud of how Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee handled the 2020 summer and athletes having a voice to sort of speak mm -hmm. some truth to power a little bit. I, I don't know about you, but how do you view that part of your role? Some, some athletes view being a role model and a spokesperson for a cause or, or a campaign as part of the job. Some people don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. How, you know, if you're in the media, you kind of have to have things to say. So yeah. how do you view all of those tough topics. I mean, we're taping this on, on Wednesday, the day after one of the, the biggest news stories in the history of this country mm -hmm. from a race standpoint has broken. So what, how do you view those topics in through your lens? You've already talked about suicide on the show right. today. So it, it sounds like you're, you enjoy that and lean into yeah. that and, and find that to be important. Yeah. I think um, first and foremost, um, you got to be careful when you step into that world 
what you're saying, your words have a lot of power, a lot of power. And it could be a three, three, uh, a three word phrase, you know, and it can be taken all the way out of context. Um, you got to be mindful of that. Me, I think just being myself, man, like this is the same conversation that you would get off camera that you're going to get on camera. You know, um, I think that's the biggest part of it. And then when you look at everything that's going on and how it ties in and the platform that you have, everybody doesn't get that opportunity. So as an athlete, I feel is your duty, if you do have a platform, to kind of speak for the majority of athletes, you know, get the information, get how they feel, and then you try to have your own perspective on it, you know, and, and you try to relate that to the people because a lot of people don't get to talk to the guys like Trey Smith or the Vincent Yarbroughs or the Al Wilsons. But me being able to have a conversation with them, I think I can come on and reflect that whatever we talked about and give it to the people and they'd be like, okay, that's where he stands on things, you know? And you, you, you gotta be mindful in that, man. Like Mark Davis, his tweet that I can, I can breathe, you know, that when you go and read into it, what he was talking about, okay, did he clean that up? You know, but when you come out and say that, it like the world that we live in today, we don't know what that means. You know what I'm saying? Are you saying, yeah, okay, now everything goes back to normal? Or is the struggle still real? Like, what are you saying? You know, so you got to be able to, you got to be able to go in detail and don't say anything that you don't really mean. Don't leave anything up for assumption. That's what I've been able to take out of it. And I think that's a part of my storytelling. You know, being able to go into it and tell why I think like this. And um, I, it's important, man. It's important. I, I well, hope I answered your question, Brian. I know when they well, break, break. Well, there's, there's also a social media element too, right? Like, yeah. Like this conversation that we're having here, we could go into really complex topics. When you're mm -hmm. doing a radio show, you can go into complex topics. You can have nuanced discussion. There's no space for that on a no. tweet or whatever. So people, I think some of that's on us to have to understand that we're reading a tweet that some mm -hmm. guy put out now mark davis's tweet is different it's sort of right, a, right, it's, right. it's a calculated thing that he did mm -hmm. but like for all of us who just like spew stuff into the into the twitter sphere yep it's like people need to take a breath and yeah and, and then have a real conversation before they settle into what they're going to believe for the rest of their lives or whatever exactly i don't know if that makes sense no it does and i, I if i'm if i'm reading it right i i think is you have to look at the social media thing as entertainment it's to grab you to make you think Man, what is he talking about? Dude is fun. Dude's funny. Now let me dive in. I go to his page and I'm seeing where his platform is. Now let me go listen to him to find out who he really is. So social media is just a grab for me or uh, for anyone. That's what I think it should be used as. And it's entertainment. Like, have fun with it. Like, it's no, this, don't take this seriously. And the people that get out here and tweet and really mean it, like this is their only voice, that's where it gets in trouble. Like, you get out there and say something and all of a sudden, like, you don't have time to defend yourself. So if nobody's going to listen to you, make everything you say worthwhile, unless you're trying to grab them. And like, whoever wasn't listening to me two years ago, maybe they listen to me now and think that, man, dude's funny, all because of my tweets or my Instagram posts or whatever it may be. Now you get to dive in and see a whole different side of me. Like, damn, I didn't know he thought like that. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. So that's my take on it. That it's funny that you bring up that Raiders tweet. Uh, I think everybody was everybody's scrolling yesterday in, in the wake of the in, in the wake of the Chauvin verdict. Uh, what was your first reaction when you saw that come up on your on your phone? 
I was actually on the air with 3HL and Brent was interviewing Jim White at the time. And Brent, <laughs> Dawn was on her phone. I was turned around looking at the TV. Like I couldn't even get into the interview because it took over that much. Like I'm sitting there like, dude, they got to get this right. That's all, that's all I'm thinking. They got to get this right. And so while Jim's talking, I'm listening to it in one ear, but I'm so, my sole focus is on the TV. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I was when, when it all came out. And I was, when, when they said it, then I kind of snapped back in it. We got a radio show to do. Let me focus <laughs> on this. You know what I'm saying? So that that's where I was, man. And I'm glad it did because it's no telling where the show would have went, where my thoughts would have went. Um, and then at that moment, having a hot mic in front of me, <laughs> I, there's, there's, there's no telling, man. Like it would have been tested right then. So, how, how do you like? Do you enjoy like I enjoy toggling before back and forth between like, all right, we're gonna cover a really heavy issue. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's about you know a domestic problem or race or whatever. It's really important. It's complex. It's and then like I can argue about. And you were you were listening to the show this morning. I did <laughs> on 104 where we're arguing about condiments. You know, like. <laughs> Do, do you enjoy the ability to sort of bounce back and forth between those? Like, how would you describe your sort of personal, like, do you want to be able to do all of it? Just how would you describe your personal uh, approach to the topics? Yeah, I, I, I want to do all of it. I, I want to show that I'm human. Like, it's, it's other things going on. But I, I do have a, a side that is aware to what's going on also in reality, but it's also good to be able to step outside of it and let's talk about condiments or let's talk about <laughs> driving through a puddle and getting splashed on or something like that. Like, let's have some some lighthearted moments too, man. You know, it, it, life is short, man, and, and it can't all be serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta have fun in life. You gotta laugh. You gotta cry. Like, you gotta share all these emotions. So on air, I always try to find a, find something that touches the common man, you know, the common woman, you know, the common human being that they go through in life every day. You know, everybody can talk, um, not everybody, but you're on a sports show. So you got to stay based around that, but it's also fun to have conversations when it's not just drilling football or basketball over and over. Like that can only last for so long. And then it's like, well, I got to go check the mailbox. I ain't got time to do this. Oh, what about when I open this bill up? And life snaps back. It ain't about sports no more. But maybe they can go hear Braden and be like, oh, man, Braden was just talking about that, man. This bill that he got to pay, he just spent this on that. That's human. You got human human things you're doing in life. So to, to get that across is, is big time. So that's, that, that's my take on it, man. Try to intertwine all those things together to make it fun and make it lovely and make it think you're sitting in the, uh, on the couch talking to somebody. Where is Ron Slay's media career in 10 years what do you want to do man I honestly at this point I do not know I do, I'm, I'm having such a, a great time with it having fun like it's it's almost like um I just learned how to play basketball and I made the team so it's now like how do I get in the starting lineup that that's where I'm at I want to get in the starting lineup then I worry about trying to get the recruits to come see me and you know, get the college letters and all of that. Um, so I, I really can't tell you. I'm just trying to get in the starting lineup, Braden, and, and have a lot of fun with it. Um, get, keep getting positive feedback um, from, from people. And whatever it turns into, I'm with, man. And, I, and one thing for sure, I don't want to stop. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wanted to keep going. Like, I, I love being able to talk in the mic because I'm a talkative guy anyway. You see this. You ask me a question, I'm going to huh? take off with it. What? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's my thing, man. Being able to spread joy, man. And then whatever it with whatever it snowballs into, man, it, I, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I, I do want to keep learning from it. Um, the, the ins and outs, you know, um, and one day be able to host a show on a major platform, on a huge platform by myself. And we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I have no earthly idea. So this is kind of <laughs> like what Steve asked me about jumping off the plane. I don't know. I don't know what prepared me for overseas. Like, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know where, where my future lies for radio. What's the, uh, who's your, who's your top three gets for the, for the boom, boom room? Who, who are you trying to, Antoine Walker's ducking you, obviously, but. Yeah, I'm going to get him, though. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't stop. I'm going to get him. Um, who, who do you want to get for it? Uh, one, um, Udonis Haslam is a good friend. I'm waiting on him to finish playing, uh, and I'm going to get UD on there. I think he has a phenomenal story. Um, Udonis Haslam. Um, I want to get, locally, I got Mercer. I got Dante Jones. Um I want to get Vince Young, man, honestly, and let him open up and tell a story. You know what I'm saying? That's one. Um, do it a, you need to do like a four-hour Marin podcast on, <laughs> on with, with you and I. That'd I, be great. <laughs> I, I played basketball against Vince Young one time. Yeah. With like a bunch of other people, a lot of other Titans accidentally. Like I just stumbled into it at like a yeah. YMCA. And I have never seen a guy athletically. And this was against like, you know, this was like Cable. This was like Blaine. Like this was all dudes like, Cortland Finnegan, who's like a freak mm -hmm. athlete, was out there. These are all these Titans guys that are freakoids of athletes. And Vince Young made them all look silly. I mean, just I know it. made them look silly. Dude was different, man. He, he that dude, you talking about athleticism. I got to see him in high school when they um they played in a when he first signed to Texas, they had the spring game and he played. And I was going down, I was getting ready for the draft in Houston. I got to see him play, and I was like, this dude's different. Like he this is a freshman walking in here and this dude is different. Like it was, it was jumped off the, he jumped off the field automatically out there with other adults, really like 21, 22 year olds. So he's one on a larger scale. I would love to interview Michael Jordan. Um, I would love to interview LeBron. And then I would also love to interview Pat Riley, Pat Riley or Mickey Harrison or BJ Armstrong and John Paxson. Reason being, cause I get the question all the time. Why weren't you drafted? <laughs> and the people that were calling my phone during the draft was Chicago, which with BJ Armstrong and John Paxson were involved. And on the Miami Heat side, Pat Riley and Mickey Harrison. So I want to get them on the line so they can answer the <laughs> questions that I always get asked. You know, that that'll be that'd be beautiful. For you me. gotta you gotta pay the fare, man. You gotta pay the fare. <laughs> you definitely gotta pay the fare. <laughs> um, what about we'll let you go, man. You've been really gracious with your time, but what about non-sports? If you had to go outside of sports to come on there. Who who do you want who do you want to spend two hours with talking? To? Um, definitely Obama. I would love to spend some time with Obama. Um, I think he he just hits all landscapes. Um, who else outside of sports? You it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard to beat Obama. So yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> um, I I would love. I've I've always been a fan of Martin Lawrence. Um, I would love to interview him, Dave Chappelle, or Eddie Murphy. Either one of those. I think the things they do. Um, especially Dave, Ch Dave Chappelle, um, him, the ordeal he went through. Oh my God. And yeah. Like, and coming back to comedy, like is that, 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 that story, that, that'll have to be super long. 
Murphy's out there. Murphy's out there talking right now for the first time. In <laughs> yes, he is. And see, that's the things I want to get. Like people, you don't really get to hear from. You know, Dave was Dave Chappelle was so quiet for so long. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, I, I got to see an interview with him and Dave Letterman, uh, which was great. I, that's another guy. I would love to interview Letterman um, with the beard. Um, and make sure the beard is extra long. I think that'll be fun. You know, there's there's not many people that would be smarter than Obama, and Dave Chappelle might be one of them. Like hey, Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle might be smarter than everyone combined. <laughs> He's well rounded, dude. I, but I, what I would do is I would I would um I would tell him he can't smoke for the first segment to see <laughs> see how he can't smoke cigarettes. Let me see, see how see how if you can goes. make him jittery. See <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to do. And then in the second hour, all of a sudden, just put a boatload of cigarettes and just see how many fires up and tells great stories. So I just want to be like, I love that. Ron, dude, you you've been great. You've been very gracious with your time. We really appreciate it, and um, hopefully you'll let us do this again sometime. We could tell some more stories, and 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 wishing you the best of luck, dude. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Man, appreciate you and Steve. Man, yeah, we got to tell our camp stories, man. Yeah. Yeah. Off the air. Off the air. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Ron, thank you, man. I appreciate you, Ron. Yep. That was Ron Slay, everybody, and uh, proud proud to call that guy a classmate, actually, at the University of Tennessee. And man, like I, I am fascinated by people that have such a variety of life experiences, ha- have such an interest in multiple things, and then when it all comes together as as like a a, a chapter you never anticipated in life. I, I just can't wait to see what he's going to do. I think he's a great storyteller. He's got great experiences has lived a, a, a really interesting life. And, and I just am glad, glad he gave us so much of his time. Just fascinating. I can't believe he went clubbing with Mario Balotelli. <laughs> but Balotelli is a sticks out because he's, he's Italian as the name uh, indicates, but he is a six, two black man with a sometimes gold with a, with a sometimes gold <laughs> Mohawk. Right. And it is one of the more controversial kind of players uh, in European soccer is just a character and I, I, I can't. I, that's that's just such a fantastic story. To to be able to sit at follow my friend. Yeah, to to be able to sit at any point in your life and be like, Bellatelli got me into a party one time. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's pretty awesome. And there's a couple lessons here from Ron that I think are really important, which is learning from other people's experiences and and different experiences. I think is really critical. Having an open mind is really critical. But what 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 makes Ron good at being now in the media? I think, and he said it there, and it's something we believe in on this show and this company, which is being your authentic self and just let's let's not go crazy into this character mode. Just be yourself and and people will gravitate towards that. It helps that Ron is a character himself. <laughs> right, so. right, right. <laughs> no, he was he's fantastic. Uh I, I look I look forward to I look forward to seeing who else uh has to pay their fees in the boom boom room soon. Yes, yes, no question. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Please smash and share. All right, recommendations on the show today. I would like to go first. Uh, also, really interesting Titans draft-related guest next week. Little tease for those little of you tease who, for those of you who listen late. Gonna be good. The, We're gonna like you, it for those of you who listen late in the show. We do appreciate you guys. Um, so it's gonna be. We got a really fun episode planned next week, and I don't know how we top Ron Slay. Frankly, I don't. But in light of that, my recommendation is gonna tie in sort of with the draft, sort of preparing for the draft. This was an article uh, on the Athletic. Called by Jordan Rodriguez. Uh, it's called, the title is Inside the Rams Major Changes 
to their draft process and why they won't go back to normal. A lot of this stems from pandemic forcing changes to virtual stuff, but what it is doing, and, and we know the Rams are very, very good at identifying talent. It, they are sort of revolutionizing the way they scout players. It is all about in-game GPS speed and tracking. They can acquire a 40 time or a height or a weight or a shuttle time and compile all that data. But what they think their time is better served doing is taking all of that data and, and collating it essentially with the film that they're watching and matching it up with all this GPS stuff that takes place during the game. And so it, it's, it's sort of a, it's an obvious trans, you know, transformation and, and piece of progress for scouting, but go read the story. It dives into really deep detail as to where that, where NFL teams can trim the fat in the scouting process to make it more streamlined and to make it more accurate. And it's fascinating. It's, it's not just analytics. It certainly is lots of that, but it's analytics mixed with film study. And I think it's the perfect blend of the two. And I think teams are going to be doing this. I think the Titans are already doing this too. Remember, remember Corey Davis's load management. Remember that in preseason, the work rates of these guys in practice. I think the Titans are doing all this kind of stuff too. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this unfolds over the next couple of years in the NFL. What's the title again? The title of the article on The Athletic, Inside the Rams' Major Changes to Their Draft Process and Why They Won't Go Back to Normal. So I, I, think, I think the Titans are more like this than people realize. Awesome. Can't wait to read it. My recommendation is out. Uh, we're taping this on uh, a Thursday morning. The, the New York Times has a piece called How the Super League Fell Apart. Roy Smith and Tariq Panya have one of the most inside pieces you'll ever see the european super league was this thing that the biggest clubs in the biggest soccer clubs in europe across several different countries had kind of gotten together and said basically we want to replace champions league which is kind of the the european wide tournament that goes on with this league of the best teams and it was it pissed off most of the fans in europe there was there was almost there was almost no ground level support. It details all the issues behind it. It gets into all of sort of the, the the fracture points in European soccer, but it does it by going inside of uh, going inside of like private planes and uh, you know A eights uh, Audi A eights traveling through the you know traveling through the Slovenian countryside and it, it there's so much detail. It is so well done. Awesome. A, a lot of times you see in narrative journalism, you either get the narrative or you get the backstory, but you don't get them all woven together. And this is one of the best examples of that I've seen in a long, long time. It's just a great piece of sports writing. If you like soccer at all, go check it out. Even if you don't like soccer, but you just like a good read, check this thing out. You, you're you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better sports story this week. I can't wait to go read this. So, again, a couple of really good reading assignments about one of the biggest sports stories in the world and, of course, the biggest sports story in America and, and how the Titans are going about the NFL draft, which is, of course, the biggest thing in sports right now uh, next week coming up uh, on Thursday night, the first round. So some really good stuff there to go read over the weekend. There you have it, Steve. We try. Always, always recommendations on live stream sports. There you go. All right. Special thanks to Ron Slay for hanging out with us today. Again, nothing we say will be as interesting as what he said. So hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows on the 440 Sports Network, Club and Country about Nashville SC Soccer on Tuesdays, Wes Bowling, Tim Sullivan, Gold Standard Podcast on Wednesdays, Adam Vingan and myself about the Nashville Predators, Fringe Element on Friday, on Thursdays, excuse me. 
with Aaron Dugan. Pat Dooley was our guest on that show as we talk SEC football. We argued about how many quarterbacks is the right amount of quarterbacks on that show because, <laughs> because Tennessee has a lot of them now. So Tennessee has like 15, yes. 20. So uh, check out all those great shows. Of course, the 440 out every single morning, of course, on 440 Sports. And we got some other stuff in the pipeline as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Smash and share, Steve. Smash, smash, smash that subscribe button. Where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at Scavendish. Braden, where can they find you? You can find me at Braden Gall on Twitter, at Braden D. Gall on Instagram, at 440sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440media, if you can keep track of all of that on Instagram. Get a picture of your mom acting like a crazy sports fan in front of our faces, and Jaspers may send you a Mother's Day or Wife's Day gift basket full of like $200 worth of really cool stuff, little booze, little merch, little pampering, all kinds of cool stuff for your mom who's a crazy sports fan. Just get that picture in front of us, and... uh when Mother's Day rolls around, we will send the basket. We will mail it to your mom and or your wife, whoever you choose. Do you follow Braden Gall on Instagram since he beat you to the uh, the moniker instead of Braden D. Gall? You know what? I have not checked. <laughs> I, I need to check and just hound you need him. To, you need to just stalk him and like like every picture of his. There needs to be a dislike button on, on, Instagram, <laughs> on, on Instagram. This Braden Gall guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, special thanks to our great sponsors. Jaspers, of course, great parking, great place to watch the game. Uh, great happy hour. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Check out the grab-and-go market as well. We do appreciate it. For Steve Cavendish, my name is Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. Please actually share the show with somebody. It means a lot to us. Uh, we know the audience is growing, and we really, really appreciate it. This has been Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network.